Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone, rest your Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Edwin. Glad to continue talking about Psalm 38. I want to talk about our needs. Very good. Uh, we see several needs expressed here in Psalm 38, so I think it'll be a great discussion. Yeah. I have the NIV here, Psalm 38, a Psalm of David, a petition. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath, for your arrows have pierced me and your hand has come down upon me. Because of your wrath, there is no health in my body. My bones have no soundness because of my sin. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and are loathsome because of my sinful folly. I am bowed down and brought very low. All day long I go about mourning. My back is filled with searing pain. There's no health in my body. I am feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. All my longings lie open before you, O Lord. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart pounds. My strength fails me. Even the light has gone from my eyes. My friends and companions avoid me because of my wounds. My neighbors stay far away. Those who seek my life set their traps. Those who would harm me talk of my ruin. All day long they plot deception. I am like a deaf man who cannot hear, like a mute who cannot open his mouth. I have become like a man who does not hear, whose mouth can offer no reply. I wait for you, O Lord. You will answer, O Lord my God. For I said, do not let them gloat or exalt themselves over me when my foot slips. For I am about to fall, and my pain is ever with me. I confess my iniquity. I am troubled by my sin. Many are those who are my vigorous enemies. Those who hate me without reason are numerous. Those who repay my good with evil slander me when I pursue what is good. O Lord, do not forsake me. Be not far from me, O my God. Come quickly to help me, O Lord, my Savior. We said earlier in the week that this is a song that is, psalm that is very relatable. We can see a lot of what we go through sure. in this psalm. And that highlights some of the needs that he has. Okay. I want to think about this concept of felt needs, and then I want to drill down on what the real need is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So felt need is kind of this modern term. You hear it actually in the church growth community and in the evangelism yeah, world like as they talk 30 about 30 or that. 40 years yeah. now, I guess. So t tell me, what, what's your understanding of what felt needs are? Well, here? certainly in that context and kind of the church growth church world stuff, the idea is that there are people out there who are aware of particular needs, okay? It's an awareness. They feel it, thus felt, okay? A felt need. I am aware that I have goofed up my finances, okay? And I'm aware I'm broke. I'm aware that my wife and I are fighting all the time and we're not happy. I'm aware that my kids are just out of control and I am ill-equipped to straighten them out. You know, I'm, I'm aware that I'm not sleeping well at night and I got these, you know, these strings. I'm aware that I'm not climbing up the corporate ladder as quick as I'd want to. And I'm aware that I don't have meaning in my life. I got all this stuff, but what's it all about? You know, I'm aware of these questions and, you know, th these felt needs. And so then the idea is, well, of course, God does meet all of our needs. 
And so we will try to show them and build a bridge how there are answers and there's help for those kind of needs, um, you know, life skills, sorts of things. And when people are like, oh, wow, this works for life skills. The Bible works for life skills. I wonder what else it might work for. And that's when we hit them with the gospel. And we're like, <laughs> you know what? There was this whole other level of stuff going on, and that was sin. They're like, <laughs> what? I'm like, yeah, it was sin. <laughs> and God has the remedy for sin. You, you don't just have this because it works. It's not just pragmatism. It's actually truth. I don't want to di dismiss felt needs. And when we use the phrase felt needs, we're not saying unre unreal needs. I know no, I, I know I contrast needs I know I contrast it with with real when I talk about it. But but there are real needs. Of course sometimes it's not needs, it's desires that, that folks that can be mixed. Yeah, yeah that can be mixed. So there's a mixture. Too. But again, it's the awareness of a need. Here's this thing that is presenting itself and I feel it. And what that's caused is a great deal of let's address felt needs and we'll get people in and then we'll get down to the real need. I see felt needs in this psalm, so I don't want to dismiss it. It's clear that God actually even used felt needs in David's life to help him recognize mm -hmm. the real need. Mm -hmm. But I do want us to understand that there is an ultimate real need that has to be dealt with whether or not any of those other needs get dealt with. Whether or not they get fixed to our satisfaction. I mean, that's the thing. It's not exactly the same as like health, wealth, prosperity, gospel, name it and claim it. It's not. But it does seem to paint the picture that what Christianity does is fix your life now and give you the best life now. And that's just a great pitch. And people start coming in to churches somewhere with that pitch. Of course, then if you start spending any time in the Bible, you say, well, now, wait a second. Like the holiest people, I'm thinking like an Apostle Paul, an Apostle Peter, had very difficult lives on uh, life on earth. Yeah, there was all this persecution and pain and prison and hardship and they're poor and they're shipwrecked in the ocean. And, you know, it's... Were they wrong? Was was that not the same message? Okay. You remember when Jesus um, talked to the fellow that we often call the rich young ruler? Mm -hmm. And he said to him, one thing you lack, you need to give your stuff away, give it to the poor, come follow me. Mm -hmm. And instead, this young ruler went away sad because he had great possessions. And this shocked the daylights out of the apostles who said, wait a minute. Yeah. If, if who... If he can't be in the kingdom, who can? Mm -hmm. And Jesus responds to that just as they were going through their conversation. He finally gets around to, look, everybody who gives up land or houses or siblings or parents or children, even a spouse, mm -hmm. property, will receive more in the kingdom. Right. I we, we often talk about that latter half of that. Look at all this great blessing we get in the kingdom and miss that. that what was happening when I became a Christian. I became a Christian, and you know what? Here were people that it didn't fix their marriage. In fact, ultimately, they lost their marriage because yeah. of becoming a Christian. It or, or didn't fix their relationship with their kids. They lost their kids yeah. because of it. Their kids became Christians, and there's this riff, you know. And the Lord talks about in Matthew 10, you know, that he had brought a sword. He talks about what it means to be a disciple. You take up the cross and follow me. And I'm not saying that there aren't wonderful things about life. And, and I absolutely believe, as we've been walking through the Psalms and walking through the Proverbs, if you want to lead life God's way, 
that's the best way it's going to be. But when I meet people and, and they realize something's wrong, let's try God, <laughs> and, and that and that is a, a reason why some people come to church, I, I'm going to be very sensitive to that situation. But I'm not going to do the old bait and switch. Right. You know, God does have the answer for your real need in the gospel of Jesus Christ. we got to talk about something called sin. We're going to deal with that through Christ, and then we're going to see what sorts of consequences with other relationships, like we talked about yesterday, we're going to start working through and building on with God's principles. Maybe some of those things can be healed, but maybe some of those things are going to be lost as part of the cost of discipleship. I don't know. We're, we're going to have to find out what's going on in your situation. I think the thing that we have to keep in mind is that addressing the real need sometimes resolves these felt needs. Yeah, yeah. But I think we need to understand that addressing the felt needs almost never resolves the real need. Now, that's a great statement. Unpack that for me. So, and here's the struggle. I think it's right and fine for churches to say, we're going to have this series on marriage. And we hope people will come in and hear this series on marriage. The Bible talks about marriage. There's gospel application about about marriage. And and that's, that's fine. Somewhere along the line, though, if we're not careful, we cross a line. We hope shift. Maybe that's the word, hope shift. My hope is about fixing the marriage rather Mm -hmm. than about fixing my relationship with Jesus. And we end up becoming teachers of self-help doctrine. And maybe it's that... You talked about the health and wealth gospel or the prosperity gospel. If we're not careful, we end up doing maybe like a prosperity gospel light. Yeah. Yeah. Where we're not... We're we're not some of these guys that are oh believe in Jesus and you'll become millionaires right we're not we're not that particularly when you send in your seed money <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but Text talk at christiansmeager.org. <laughs> all right we've already talked about possibly conveying wrong messages oh, yeah. let's let's be careful let's not send next messages sorry so the but but we can get into this kind of prosperity gospel light that is this this idea of well the reason you become a christian is because it fixes these things right. and then we just work on those things here's our here's our series on marriage here's our series on finances here's our series on parenting here's our right. series and and we we turn the bible into almost nothing more than a self-help series of lessons and it's the kind of thing that they could get just from going to a college who decided to help them learn communication skills. Right. And, okay, so let's let's just back this up. Here's the deal. David is sick. Mm-hmm. He's sick. He, he has a felt need that he is sick and he needs healthy. Uh, he, he needs health. Yeah. All right. So someone might say, well, look, people are sick. We want to help them be healthy. We start our series about healthy eating, about exercising, about losing weight, about going to the doctor, getting you know medicine. What? Maybe we should even build a fully functioning around-the-clock gymnasium and add it to the church. And we start adding those things in. Here's the deal. Getting health will not bring me forgiveness. Mm. Getting health will not bring me forgiveness. I might get health. I might live 100 years because I got healthy, but I'm going to die in my sin at the end of that 100 years, and I'm going to spend eternity separated from God in hell. Mm Mm-hmm. Getting healthy will not get me forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Now, it may be that turning to the Lord and finding forgiveness might change the way I behave, and I might gain health. I I understand that. And especially if my sickness is 
something that God has done that when I as a discipline that when I turn to him he removes that's that's a possibility so it might resolve that mm-hmm. but then again it might not right I might become a Christian and I just continue on with whatever this sickness is yeah I understand that some people it's because of the sickness they turn to the Lord they realize their mortality they realize yeah, their need sometimes the felt need pushes somebody towards their real need I understand that as well but I have to understand that addressing my felt need does not resolve the real need. Does not resolve the spiritual need. Does the not, sin the issue. Sin. And that's, that's, that's the thing it. that truly matters. Yeah. Ultimately, maybe my marriage is in shambles. Mm-hmm. And it's no doubt there are some things in Scripture that can help marriage. But if I make my marriage better, if I learn communication techniques from Scripture, if I learn relational techniques from Scripture... You might even learn a word called sin, and you've been <laughs> sinning against your spouse. Well, spouse been sinning against you. But, and then you learn another word called repentance, <laughs> and that'll help your marriage. Well, my, pro- my, my problem is, and that's true, but let me, let me stay back before that, because I might learn all these wonderful techniques and get a better marriage, but not learn that thing that you just mentioned. That could happen. And so I get a better marriage. We, we stay blissfully married for dozens of years. We raise wonderfully successful and seemingly emotionally healthy children. They all seem that way. But we all die and go to hell. Uh, what I need is forgiveness. Yeah. Now, it may be that when my sin is resolved mm-hmm. and I get forgiveness and I start serving the Lord, that that will change the way I act in my marriage mm-hmm. and it may mm-hmm. cause my marriage to grow and flourish. On the other hand, my spouse may be all, I don't want a part of that. Yeah. And they might abandon me. Yeah. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Addressing the felt need almost never addresses the real need. Sometimes addressing the real need will address the felt need. But at least if I address the real need, even if my marriage continues to fall and my health continues to fail, in the end, I'm with the Lord mm-hmm. and I have eternity with him. Let's get to the real need. Amen. Well, we're so glad that you joined us for the conversation. I just have a feeling like this one might generate some emails. And we'd love to hear from you. Send us one. Text talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Text talk at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Edwin, won't you lead us in prayer? Holy God, we have a need, and our need is forgiveness. And we ask you for it because you're the only one that can truly give it to us. Lord, if, if finding forgiveness in you and learning how to serve you fixes some of these other things, we're very thankful for that. And... Lord, if you're using some of those felt needs to get people to focus on their sins, praise you for that. But Lord, help us to get to the real need and help us remember that the solution to our real need is Jesus on the cross, died, buried, and then resurrected and sitting on the throne at your right hand. May we give our allegiance to him. And Lord, we leave it up to you what other blessings you're going to bring us in our families, our finances, and our friendships. We praise you, Lord. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song, You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.